and welcome to Burnout A Different Kind of Gap Year podcast, a podcast focused on building knowledge, awareness, skill and support in recovery or prevention of burnout. Each month showcases either a guest who comes on the podcast and shares their personal experience of burnout to recovery or a knowledge-based episode where an expert guest or I, a clinical psychologist, share skills and strategies to prevent or overcome burnout. The views, opinions, tips and the like expressed in this podcast by myself or my guests are not a replacement for personalised therapy. Just like I have done for myself, I encourage those of you who are suffering to seek professional help. Welcome to episode 17 of Burnout, A Different Kind of Gap Year. You are with Shannon Swales, burnout specialist, mental health care advocate and clinical psychologist. This month, I'm continuing with my new format of providing information to support those eager to learn about burnout, to deal with burnout or prevent it. This month's topic is on a therapeutic technique that I chose to use in my own healing process from burnout, but also with my ongoing health and well-being maintenance, and that is journaling. In preparation for this episode, I took a deep dive into the literature to find out more about this technique to broaden my understanding of it. And it is my aim today to share what I have found with you, as well as my own professional experience with this technique and my very personal experience with using journaling to help deal with and recover from burnout. I also have a very special announcement that I'm going to leave to the end of this podcast to share with you. So please uh, stay tuned as well. But first, an acknowledgement of country. I respectfully acknowledge the traditional owners and their custodianship of the lands on which I deliver this podcast to you, which is the Turrbal people, which is north of the Nianjin uh, River uh, here in Brisbane, and the Yagara people south of the Mianjin River. I acknowledge the cultural and spiritual connection that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples have with the land and the sea. And I pay my respects to elders past and present, as well as the existing and emerging leaders who walk together in partnership on this journey. And I extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples listening into this podcast. Before I get into the content of today's podcast, I just want to share a little bit about my credentials. Uh, I believe it is really important that people know the professional background of the people they're tuning into. So I'm not going to go into major detail here because I have shared that on my website. So the link is www.adifferentkindofgapyear.com forward slash about, but just briefly, I am a registered psychologist here in Australia, which means I've done a postgraduate level studies in human behavioral science. So around all up about eight years full time of, oh no, sorry, six years full time of university. I did it part time, uh, some of it. And this included many hours of supervised practice as a training psychologist. I've also worked in the counselling field in some shape or form from 2005. And as you've come to learn, I have endured my own personal mental health battles. Okay, so let's get into this topic today of this technique journaling. So what I'm going to cover in this podcast today is is define what is journaling. Um, What is it exactly? What are we talking about here? what types of journaling there is. So what are the options? You know, is there just one size fits all kind of journaling or is there many different options? So I'll answer that question for you. Uh, What's the purpose of journaling? Like why do it? What's it going to get me? You know, Uh, so I'll answer that question too. And linked to this, I'll answer like what benefits you can expect from journaling. So does it actually help? I'll also discuss the precautions uh, around journaling too, like what are the limitations? What do I need to consider as someone who is journaling or thinking about journaling? Also, we'll look at what, what is the best ways to go about journaling? What are the recommendations here with the process of it? So I'll answer that question. And what are the barriers? What are some of the things that you might find you come up against when engaging or even thinking about 
doing journaling. So I will address those as well in today's podcast. And last but not least, I will be talking to you about a journaling resource that can help personalize your practice if you choose to take that uh, road for yourself. So I hope by listening to this episode and, and is that you'll go away with a much deeper understanding of the journaling technique, particularly for as a therapeutic technique. Address any myths you might have or misconceptions about the technique. Just really help you with that well-rounded understanding of it. So you're fully informed about the pros and cons of, of the technique if you so wish to use it. I also hope that you gain some knowledge of how to set up your journal practice and also uh, some resources uh, or direction in how to do that as well. Let's start with defining journaling and looking at different types of journaling. Journaling can be seen as an interplay between the conscious and unconscious, a way to dig deep and discover what was once unknown to ourselves. This has undoubtedly been the case for me. Without my choice to journal during my recovery, I would not have unearthed some of the wisdom I've now gained uh, about myself. An example of this was in my journal entry that I uh, titled, uh, Do I Want to Be a Psychologist? And this was on August 14th, 2021. In this entry, I answer this question by exploring my thoughts and feelings on the topic, going deep and within and drawing out where I was sitting with that question at the time. People have engaged in forms of recording events in their lives through words and pictures for thousands of years. So journaling is not a new technique. Some of you probably kept a diary when you were younger to process events in your teens. Journaling tends to uh, record the processes of one's life, the personal meaning. It explores the undercurrents of the events and encounters one has. It is the feelings, thoughts, beliefs, sensations one is experiencing. Sometimes it is the things, uh, these things that they are focused on as well. And what I mean by that is that in the journal entry, you might be focused on a particular feeling or a particular thought process. That was certainly the case for me. So one example for me was I, I continually was experiencing a bunch of feelings and thoughts that I couldn't quite name the, the felt experience or, or how I conceptualized it. But I eventually at some point could pinpoint that it was this experience of lost, like not loss, L-O-S-S, lost, L-O-S-T. My feeling of loss was really about being straddled between my past uh, work and life, what life looked like when I was working as a psychologist and my future life, that was this, just this really big blur at the time, having no idea what my life was going to look like from a work. But also work forms a big part of your life, so I, I feel like my life too. So one of these blogs where I wrote about this lost experience was on the 22nd of September 2021, and I named it Lost Girl. And in this... Uh, entry I vented about this experience on my onto my paper so I was just talking about this or writing about this experience of loss so I explored and stayed with this ex experience of loss with no I wasn't searching for a resolution in this entry it was just processing that experience so that's an example of journaling we're really digging deeper and, and, and processing experiences that we're having and it can be the felt experience it doesn't have to be an event or an encounter so expressing oneself in a journal can take many forms i like this it can it may be poetry for some it may be songwriting for others and i've listened to a lot of musicians namely one of them the lead singer of imagine dragons love that band uh, and he mentioned in a podcast episode i listened to the songwriting he writes every day is his journal. And that to me was just amazing, just amazing. So it might be songwriting, uh, it might be storytelling, it could be scrapbooking or even drawing is, is a form of journaling as well, your experiences. For me, it was writing uh, or typing because I would type into my computer. 
And I even, it makes me think of uh, now with social media and, you know, TikTok particularly or reels, you know, with videos and, and I've certainly spent some time on, on social media and particularly TikTok during my healing. And there was a lot of people sharing what they were going through. And t- so it's, I feel like it, it's become sort of a way or it's a journal in itself. So that, that video logging, uh, vlogging, but through these social media reels and TikTok. So yeah, but I think wherever one is exploring, expressing their thoughts and feelings to process events or encounters they're having, they are journaling. And just last but not least, in, in terms of defining and exploring types of journaling and just the background in general about journaling that I've discovered is that there's two types of journaling. And one is interactive journaling, which is a guided writing process that combines two functions. So providing self, self-help information and eliciting personal reflection. And another one called intensive journal uh, journaling, and it is a systemized method for journaling. Uh, he believed people became more self-reliant as they developed inner strength through this process. And then they are able to use this strength when faced with uh, stressful encounters, whatever they may be. What really sticks out for me with these two types of journaling, interactive and intensive journaling, that what I pull from those two is that this is, journaling is a therapeutic technique. It is something that involves going in, which I think takes a lot of courage. It can pull out information that becomes something that is helpful for the self. Um, that can then be utilized to support one in dealing with the ongoing stresses or future stresses in their life in a way that helps them move forward. Not obviously, it it isn't a standalone technique, you know, uh, journaling just on its own is is not going to get you there, but is a a great adjunct to other things that you're doing to support or recover from any mental health declines or conditions where recovery is possible or managing. So that's what I get from that. And I certainly have found that in my journaling process that I've gained information that has been helpful for myself to be able to move forward and in my case be able to recover from my mental health conditions and then also continue to support my health and well-being and I just it's just um, remembering now one such thing that I uncovered and I uncovered a lot of things but through journaling was um, my addiction to achievement and I called it that I was like I was addicted to achievement and I and I think the the blog title was can you be addicted to achievement or something like that and it was quite early on in my I was still recovering I was still going through burnout so it would have been somewhere in the middle of 2021 but if if I wasn't writing about what I was thinking and feeling I wouldn't have uncovered that and uncovering that really helped me shift and change from needing to always be achieving to fulfill my needs like my addiction was because I needed it to validate my self-worth to feel good enough and recognizing and it didn't work (laughs) because uh, I couldn't always be achieving and achieving was actually making me sick I needed to not achieve for a bit actually achieve other things like my health and well-being but that wasn't something that I saw as worthy uh, and is certainly not something people outwardly validate me for and and that's what I was seeking anyway read the blog and you'll hear what I had to say about that but yeah it I really believe it is this intensive uncovering process that you get to know yourself more, which then becomes a helpful thing for you to move forward. Purpose of journaling. You know, so why commit to journaling? What are are you going to get out of it? What purpose does it serve? So in my quest to find out more about this technique of journaling, I explored the literature on this question. And what I discovered was that journaling can be used as an intervention for therapeutic outcomes. 
In fact, journaling is seen as a holistic therapy and they believe so because uh, they say it involves all aspects of the person. So it's physical. There's muscular movements uh, depending on, well, I think any way in which any style of journaling, whether it's drawing, whether it's writing, you know, that there is physical muscular movements. It is definitely a mental, a, a thought pro the thought process. It's, it involves the emotions, so getting in touch with and expressing your feelings. And it is spiritual, finding meaning. So the argument there around it being a holistic therapy is that it does tap into our biological, our physical, our mental, our emotional, so our psychological and that spiritual aspect as well of our health and well-being. In my line of work, journaling as a psychologist, journaling is certainly a technique that we're taught and we do teach our clients uh, where they are wanting to practice it. And, and I certainly did with you know, recommend it to previous clients that I had to help support their health and well-being. And I remember there was one particular person I worked with, and, and of course, confidentiality-wise, I won't share um, identifying factors. It, it was just interesting. This person was already engaging in the practice of journaling just off her own bat, and it just provided this person so much an outlet to express themselves and and it also was a tool then that they brought into therapy to help express what they've been going through so it was just it was a great tool i believe for me as the psychologist but but of course for for that person as well so yeah I, i've it's not a tool that I uh, recommended or utilized a lot, um, not because I didn't see its value. I certainly see its value a lot more for having experienced it and used it, but it is something that we are aware of and utilize as psychologists. So some other information that I gleaned from the literature around the purpose of journaling, particularly this therapeutic purpose, is that it's therapeutic in the sense that it helps one to focus and gain clarity on issues, concerns, conflicts and stresses in their life, which is part of therapy. It also deepens self-reflection and facilitates that therapeutic change process. Self-reflection builds self-awareness. And the more we're aware of ourselves, what we're feeling, what we're thinking, how we're behaving, how we're responding, the more we can be aware of what's working and what's not and be able to make changes. And therapy is about that. When I'm working one-on-one -on -one or in a group with uh, people, is it is about helping that person become more aware of themselves and, and what's going on and, and in terms of any tools that they're learning, how these tools can help them facilitate the change where they need be. But self-awareness is, is, is paramount. And author Abate, if I'm pronouncing that right, 992, noted that journaling is an outlet that provides a valuable means of self-exploration for clients. Schneider and Stone in 1998 wrote that journaling opens one to a personal inspection of their actions, values and beliefs that support their life um, or doesn't support their life patterns. It can also be or it's considered to be a meditated, uh, meditative <laughs> practice as it helps focus on what is showing up in the present. So in that way, it can be quite a mindful tool. And it provides that deeper introspection to really build that self-awareness. And it provides a vehicle to uncover the wisdom one already possesses and the feelings that, that have been dormant. So unearthing our intuition, our gut instincts and our feelings. And I, you know, I remember making the choice to journal when I reached the peak of my burnout. It, it was a conscious choice to journal and which I actually reflecting on it, find it a little bit hilarious that I chose to journal because it wasn't a technique that I often suggested to clients. And again, not because I didn't believe in it. It just wasn't, there was just other methods of building self-awareness that I would lean on. But I was very much making the conscious choice to do it. And I remember why. For me, it was about being in touch with what I was experiencing in the moment and also to discover what was not conscious to me. Because one of the things burnout taught me 
was that I was not in contact with myself. I thought I was and in, and I was to some level and I recognized this through the help of my supervisor and the director of the clinic I worked at who could see what I couldn't see and I realized I needed to do that work. I needed to connect back in myself and really discover what was going on there and I felt, I believed journaling was that way into that and so I committed to journaling keeping on that topic of the purpose of journaling people use journaling to promote health when ill they use it to sometimes process a new diagnosis that they've received they do it to gain confidence with written affirmations so writing out affirmations it's even being used to decrease jail recidiv- recidivism, returning back to jail. <laughs> journaling has been used to help with behavioral change in areas of like tobacco use with smoking. You know, certainly diary keeping, or that's what we called it in psychology, but getting people to monitor their feelings or thoughts or behaviors they're trying to change, like substance use, or it might be around, I, I know when I worked with a nutritionist, she got me to keep a food diary to explore my food patterns, but also what was happening before and after in terms of my body and my mind. So looking at patterns there. So that can be a you know, form of journaling as well. Increased well-being and personal growth. It's used to increase cre- creativity. Also to process big things like death and dying. So used in palliative care to address trauma, to address PTSD and to grow spiritually as well. So for me, you know, journaling really became, I mean, it was a way to connect with myself and really discover and uncover what was going on for me and connecting back with myself, but has morphed into this personal self-growth tool. And, and I feel like it has really helped me connect spiritually. And I don't mean in the religious sense, I mean in the meaning and purpose who I am, what I value, what is meaningful to me. I feel like it's been my in way to my spiritual growth. And without journaling, I I seriously don't think I'd know myself the way I do now. I don't mean to go, this is the only way to discover yourself. There's many ways, but journaling has been that vehicle for me. Does journaling actually help? What does the actual evidence indicate around this technique of journaling um, used therapeutically. So let's look into, yeah, the journaling benefits here. But just a note, what I did discover in my deep dive into the literature on journaling is that most research on journaling, or sometimes it's referred to as reflective writing, has been conducted in education teaching with regards to using as a learning tool rather than research being conducted on using it as a therapeutic tool. So we're lacking in research on this technique as a therapeutic tool. So a lot of the things I'm going to talk about here is more antidotal evidence rather than evidence that we do know that this actually works. And also research that has been conducted on its therapeutic benefits it's often combined with other therapeutic techniques such as meditation. So it is unclear exactly how much that the outcome of, of using this therapeutic tool is actually on the journaling itself when they've studied a combined you know, two techniques in one, so meditation and journaling. So I just want you to be aware of that as I share some of the benefits of it. It's more antidotal evidence rather than actual evidence. So now you're informed on on that little caution there. But the following hypotheses have been made about why journaling is beneficial, why people report that it's helpful. So some have postulated that because it's a it's a physical act. So people are writing or typing or, you know, cutting out, um, you know, if they're scrapbooking that and they say that this occupies the left brain when they're moving and leaves the right brain free to examine emotions and seeking insight. So there's some neurology based helpfulness as we move and explore our thoughts and feelings. Now I'm no 
expert in that area so I um if anyone listening is in that area and has more information around that certainly share but there's this hypothesis that something about moving helps support us being able to examine our emotions and and gain insights um, into that that you know journaling is beneficial another hypothesis because it assists us to discover patterns in one's life particularly those patterns that are having a negative effect a discovery that can then lead or you know or you know evoke or prompt change that has positive impact on one's health they also hypothesize that journaling is beneficial because it assists someone in discernment process by helping to clarify thoughts and emotions that are generated through encounters stresses difficulties or, or with specific people or, or events in their life Uh, We know that the very act of acknowledging our thoughts and feelings underpinning an experience we have does help us process if compared to not, and this is something we do know, and journaling can facilitate that, that clarification and acknowledgement of what we're thinking and feeling. And it can, yeah, obviously lead to more helpful responses to experiences when we are aware of our patterns and where they're negative and needing to change them and aware of our thoughts and feelings as well and it also seems to help clear the way or explore ways you know to find solutions to problems so that that one can then enact as well yeah so if I'm pronouncing this right Ulrich and Lukendorf in 2002 reported that it increases self-awareness of positive aspects of stressful events when focusing on both thoughts and feelings related to the event and in a study conducted by Petrick and colleagues in 2004 persons with HIV infections who wrote about emotional topics were found to have improved immune system responses compared to those who wrote about neutral to- topics really interesting study that one that they also um progoff in 1975 reported that able to respond effectively to life stresses more an increase in self-reliance Seely in 2012 postulated that it could provide an opportunity to socially reconstruct past psychological injury when combined with meditation and just a note here i i did actually at times I combined my journal writing with meditation and these were usually times in which my emotions were dysregulated. Uh, I was in a spiral. I, yeah, they were usually quite intense and it was really hard to write, gather my thoughts or feelings. So I would pause and do a meditation and then come back to writing. So People who've experienced psychological injury, particularly trauma-related, it can be, you know, writing about your thoughts and feelings can be really intense. So combining it with a skill that helps us regulate, like meditation, is really important, I think. So this author back in 2012 talked to this importance there's talks about uh, in the literature about improving health through emotional expression we do know and it's certainly there is evidence for this that when we inhibit the expression of our feelings it increases our autonomic activity that can have lasting harmful effects on the body so basically contributes to ongoing stress when we suppress our emotions which a lot of us do sometimes unintentionally but we do it and that makes us sick and we know that so journaling is a facilitation of that emotional expression and by acknowledging and naming those feelings we we are we're not inhibiting them anymore we're allowing them it um, is postulated that it improves self-esteem and quality of life and decreases in negative feelings and helps us to adapt to chronic conditions that we uh, may be experiencing you know things like autoimmune conditions diabetes chronic health uh, sorry chronic heart heart conditions endless list uh, anxiety and depression and improving well-being in general and just another study and you're just talking to the literature that I discovered that I wanted to share and it's more recent one conducted by Holder in 2022 or published in 2022 journaling was found to have a positive impact and in this study researchers created an online arts journaling groups for trans clients 
Clients made artwork between sessions and shared and reflected on what they had created as a group over Zoom. This was done, I believe, in COVID time, so hence why it was Zoom rather than face-to-face. And the trans clients reported that the use of an online arts journaling group approach facilitated a powerful sense of belonging and reflection through their artwork. The client feedback showed that participants valued sharing their experiences with people. They understood and experienced a sense of belonging in a supportive community. You know, one of the things that stands out for me here, I mean, journaling was used here. It was in a creative way and through art, but there was a group atmosphere that you were sharing your journal, your art journal, uh, your art pieces with your, you know, with others, with this closed group of people you've got to know. And so there was added, I suppose, not suppose, there was an added element there the group work, which we know group can can make things more powerful in terms of the outcomes for it. So it could be, and it sounds like from the client feedback, a lot of the positive outcomes from that came from connecting with others. So how much, if they did the journaling on their own, the art journaling on their own may not have had as powerful effects, but that is a hypothesis I have. I certainly felt, I, I mean, I do my journaling in private but I publish it it's public and I having people email me message me about their experiences of my blog and sharing a little bit about their experiences certainly helped my sense of belonging and connection uh, in the way it happens so yeah there's some value there or some thought around the use of journaling in a community of people that maybe are going through some very similar uh, experiences and challenges in their life. So yeah, food for thought there. (laughs) I just wanna share the benefits I got from journaling. So this is just my ad hoc um, experience. Uh, There were so many and we don't have time to go through all of them, but these are the main things that come to mind. Journaling prepared me for my therapy sessions. I did see a psychologist for what, it was about six months or so intensively. Uh, so it helped me prepare for my therapy sessions and also helped me process what came up in therapy. There was one post that I made that illustrates this point. It was called Fun and Free. And I remember one therapy session, I was really aware of these two words that kept coming up, fun and free, but I hadn't, it wasn't a focus of the session. I just, after the session became very aware of these words and and it was drawing, my attention was drawn to them. So anytime my attention was stuck on something, I took that as a sign that I needed to journal about them. So I did. So fun and free was about that you know, uh, purpose benefit I got from journaling, which was to process what came up in therapy. It did help me gain very valuable insights about myself. So it did help facilitate change and personal growth, as I believe I mentioned before. There, there was a journal entry about friendships. I, I can't remember the, the title. I think it might've been called Meaningful Relationships or Meaningful Friendships. And I've struggled with friendships just in the sense of establishing them and maintaining them. And that was something I was aware of pre-peak of my burnout, but but I I knew it was contributing to my health decline and a need to process that and work on that and grow in that area. So yeah, I, I processed a lot in my journal around relationships and what I learned from that and that helped facilitate growth. Journaling helped me ground when I was in an emotional storm already mentioned to you that but there was one journal entry called fucking lost so talking about that lost again there were so many i i felt so overwhelmed and and uncertain and fearful and lost in those first eight months or something post the peak Uh, i still feel those at time they're not as intense they don't stick around as long, but journaling helped me process those emotional storms when they came. And they were often the times in which I incorporated meditation to help regulate. And other things as well, like spending time in nature, spending time with my dogs, going for a walk, things like that. It helped me face fears, face things that I was avoiding. Particularly, I did write about struggling with coming to terms with 
that I had vicarious trauma. It was hard for me to accept and then processing healing from that trauma. So yeah, it made it, it helped facilitate me confronting issues that I was avoiding and um, it helped me process thoughts. Sometimes I would have multiple mental threads going on in my head and they were just spinning around. It was just too much to deal with. And I can't remember the title of this entry, but it's where I decided to just dot point, like name these mental threads and, and write about each of them. And at the end of that journal entry, just feeling really like, okay, well, I felt more grounded. I, I felt like I could make a little bit more sense of what I was uh, thinking. Yeah. And I felt better after writing that journal entry. And it helped me discover my intuition, my wise inner self that I really believe before, well, pre-burnout, she was buried underneath many, many layers of thinking patterns, emotional storms, shoulds, musts, outdated belief systems that I had adopted from what I thought was how you did things you know life whatever so it helped me find her and and that intuition that wise inner self was found through being able to clear my thoughts and feelings and I don't mean not have them I mean be able to process them and work through them so I can really see them for what they are and then be able to uh, you know almost like peeling off those layers like I've got this vision of sheets like just pulling off the sheets the many layers and then like oh there you are and so uh, yeah it really helped me discover that person and there's a blog entry called sometimes you need to look back to look forward and that one well that was my intuition talking and I heard her and then I engaged in that behavior I did look back and it was a process of looking back at myself as a child which I think, well, I believed was the last time I really felt like myself and who I was. And I think I was like five-year-old self. Anyway, I look back into photo albums of me at that time and really tried to connect with her and, and discover what uh, I loved and, and what I liked. And I did, I did move through the years as well and tried to connect with that as well and discovered a lot through that process. So yeah, thank you, wise self. <laughs> it helped me to disengage from unhelpful behaviors, engage with healthy ones. Often by the end of a post, I would uh, feel regulated enough to make some conscious choices of what I needed in that moment and then go do it. Uh, so one of them is called toxic comparisons was an entry in a fairly early one where I just, I just get engaged in comparing myself to others and then where I should be. And processing that that comparison story helped me be able to disengage with that and instead engage in acts that helped me feel safe and supported. Yeah. It also helped me try new things out. You know, I've, I've a few entries and actually more recent entries where I'm trying out tools and techniques suggested by others to support health and well-being so the thriving giver which is sarah cooper's book that is helping health professionals and anyone who identifies as a giver and it's a very experiential book that steps you through processes to help you thrive as a giver there was uh i tried out the mad woman exercise which was the Nagorski sisters who wrote a book on burnout, uh, unlocking the stress cycle, really great book. And one of their exercises in their book that was helping you get in touch with your inner self-critic to be able to move uh, away from her. So yeah, I did that. And then another one, which was earlier on in my burnout, which was the journal challenge. It's 20 questions, 20 journal questions. And it really helps you uh, well, I'm trying a new thing out, but it helps you get in contact a lot more with yourself. Um, that really helped. It also helped me stay present. Uh, one of those entries that illustrates this was one I uh, that was called Remembering I Am Not Well. Often in the early processes, I'd be so caught in where I wanted to be or thought I should be in my healing process 
that often led to behaviours that were toxic where I was engaging in more than what I could take and that remembering I am not well was bringing me back to the present and going, hang on here, where are you at right now? How are you feeling? What are you thinking? Where's your energy levels? Yeah, okay, what can we do now? So yeah, really did help facilitate staying present. And it also helped me notice changes and developments and improvements as well. There's two that I recall, one called Happy Realization and The Old Me is Returning. Uh, And both of these posts, these journal entries, were reflecting on noticing positive growth changes uh, in my life. And those those two were actually quite early on in my process of recovery of burnout because for anyone who has recovered from any mental health conditions or health conditions really it's not a linear process and you have these moments of progress and then it's almost like two steps forward one step back and sometimes three steps forward one step back it yeah so yeah processing and noticing change as well so yeah that's I suppose what I would you know want to to talk to you about journaling benefits let's look at the precautions now so this is really the question is journaling safe I think it's always important to check before we leap into something I, I know I'm a little bit of a cautious character I'm not a leaper so I do like to share the limitations of any therapeutic technique so you can choose whether it's the, uh, something you want to experiment with, try out. And, and I, I suppose just on that note, sometimes we have to experiment with something to find out whether it is something that is beneficial for us. So I suppose a little bit of a, not a leap, but a little dip in um, can be great. So the precautions that I noticed from the literature that I read is that fear of the journal being discovered and read by another is, is uh, a concern for a lot of people and something to consider before you, you or as you jump into or lean into this technique that if you're wanting it to be private, how you're going to go about that. Another journaling precaution was what they call extreme introspection. Basically, this is where one becomes fused with that self-reflective process. So something to be aware of, in, and I, I'm aware of my tendency to, to do this. I am already naturally self-reflective. And in my training as a psychologist, we are trained to be reflective. I think all of that has made, uh, I suppose, primed me to get a bit stuck in that sometimes. And so it's really important for me to get out of myself and into my world. So, yeah, just be mindful of that journaling may facilitate that for you and that it doesn't mean journaling isn't right for you. You just need to put some safety behaviors in there to support you. The other precaution that I've talked to already or kind of alluded to is online in in terms of privacy and in terms of here like security breaches, you know, anything we put up online can be uh, breached, you know, even if we're using all the securities that are recommended. Being mindful of that, like as you know, by now my blog and vlog is Uh, on the net and it is publicly available. I made that decision knowing that I'm happy for people to access that and and I'm quite okay with it. So just being really cautious about where you're at and and what you're okay with. Hmm. I know actually it just reminded me when I was still very vulnerable and I made that decision to make it public, one of the things that I was concerned about was people's comments back, particularly if people reached out and told me their stories of burnout or whatever struggle they were going through. Because at the time I wasn't ready, I wasn't healthy enough to even hear someone else's pain and suffering. So one of the things I did back then was turn off the comments and I didn't share wildly I don't think I even had social media that linked into the blog at the time I just 
So anyway, people would find out if, you know, it was a Google search, but my website wouldn't come up immediately if, if someone was searching for burnout related things. So I kept it, I suppose, even though it was public, there were certain limitations I put around in terms of accessibility to help support my well-being and, and be mindful about where I was at at the time. What we're going to look at now is the journaling process. So getting down to a bit of, well, how does this look? The how-to, I suppose. What is the best way to go about journaling? And there is a lot written about this. Keep in mind that this is mostly recommendations. It's not based on rigorous studies of on working out what's the best way. So these are recommendations, a bit of trying out and seeing what works for you. So I'm going to first talk to the techniques that one can use. Three that I discovered in the literature was are free-flowing, topical or fo focused, or creative writing. So free-flowing journaling is the most common type used and Corthright 2008 suggested writing quickly and allowing words to just flow and fall onto the page without attention to grammar, punctuation or spelling. And once the entry is done, reading it out loud and then jotting down insights on another line about what your entry is telling you. Topical or focused journaling, what this is about is focusing on a specific event or situation and write about the feelings and thoughts associated. There may be specified questions for the person to answer. This type is often used in conjunction with support groups. And the last one that I discovered in the literature was around creative writing. So this could be the more story or poetry uh, or even picture form you know, drawing. So it can help uncover those deeper thoughts and feelings through that storytelling or poetry writing or songwriting or drawing. Uh, also, like I, I know sometimes and I'll talk about this in a second, I would find a picture or even a quote that or even sometimes a poem that explained or could encapsulate what I was feeling or thinking. And then also just one last note on creative expression there. Davison and Robinson in 2008 and um, Subhani and Afra in 2012 have talked to combining scrapbooking and journaling. You know, and it makes me just think that there's like these infinite possibilities of how you want to journal. Like it doesn't have to be the traditional way of, of writing or typing it out and blogging. Recently, I've changed to vlogging, so I talk it out. To start with, I did a hybrid of, I think, one and two. So, I mean, the free-flowing journaling and the topical focus journaling in my early stages of writing on my blog that sometimes I just let things flow and I wouldn't go back and edit and I would I suppose reflect on what I was writing as well as I was writing it and sometimes I'd focus on a particular topic as well a specific event or situation and the feelings associated so I did a bit of a mixture of both but I also feel like there's a bit of three because in each of my blogs that I published, I would always pick a picture that off the net that the internet that kind of encapsulated the predominant theme of that blog. So that was a little bit of creativity, I suppose, internet scrapbooking. And I actually remember drawing a picture for one. I, I did a little doodle. I can't remember which one it was for, but that was the picture for that blog journal as well. It's just a little pencil drawing. There's us sitting with our dogs and we're in this uh, field where the grass is really high and looking out to the mountains. And yeah, I don't remember what I was blogging about that day, but yeah, drawing it out. And, and something else I've, I did would engage in meditation, as I mentioned. And sometimes in meditation, there was a phrase or a, a poem that was quoted and, and that became part of my processing as well. So I think a bit of a hybrid, I think. Now, something else about the journaling process, there's, you know, in the literature, like when to write, what's the recommendations around here? Often people choose to keep a journal, you know, during stressful times in life, through life transitions, or some get hooked, like myself, and keep going once that stressful event, that life transition, or that diagnosis, that um, health condition ends, that we recover. 
Uh, it is suggested to pick a time of day to write and set a specific place to write as well. And if you are writing and not typing, use a pen rather than a pencil so it's a permanent uh, record as well. As one of the important aspects of journaling is to be honest with ourselves. And if we edit ourselves, we're not being honest. So that's the idea of the pen as well. And even that free flowing style of journaling. So look, when to write is whenever you feel it's necessary to write. And I know there's some recommendations around doing it daily. And I think you do it when you need to, and you'll work out how regular is helpful for you. Daily is too much for me and I would have just packed it in. Weekly was a good starter. So just staying flexible with that, you know, challenging yourself a bit, being very mindful of where you're at because even therapeutic things can become untherapeutic when it doesn't meet where we're at right now. Like your coping strategies like journaling can end up being a hindrance when we expect ourselves to do it more often than when, when we can then we can actually do it. So yeah, be very mindful of that. I did it weekly. In terms of the place, I, I think that's really important that you are journaling in a place in which you feel safe. I often journaled at home. I recently vlogged while I was out, but I found I wanted to vlog in nature. I just wanted to be surrounded by nature, which is a safe spot for me. But I tried to find a place where there wasn't people because I wanted that privacy in terms of really connecting with myself and getting in touch with what I was thinking and feeling around the topic I was exploring in that entry. So yeah, safety, uh, secure support are words I would encourage you to reflect on when thinking about a place that to journal in. So yeah. And I think in when I was really in the thick of burnout, so I was really still emotionally struggling. I yeah tended to do it at home, but I also would do it in the morning around 10 because that was usually after a walk with my dogs, usually I had some food. I would have done some exercise. So it's just, and, and morning's usually best for me. I'm a little bit more alert than I am in the afternoon, a bit more regulated and things like that. So, or as, as regulated as I'm going to be um, at that moment. So anyway, that's a bit of my experience, but also for how long, you know, your commitment in terms of time. And I always recommend to people start small and build. It comes from, uh, the literature around goal setting that if if you're setting a goal like to you know, journal for half an hour each day and on a scale of one to ten with ten being you know, I'm really committed and motivated to that and one you know really not <laughs> committed or motivated to do it that if you're at least a seven out of ten then that 30 minutes is doable but if you score anything lower then change it 10 minutes a day, five minutes a day, two minutes a day, whatever you can change to a rating of seven out of 10, then do that. You can always build because once we get into it, often the motivation increases. Another important thing with the process of journaling is to date your entries. I didn't, when I first started, I didn't actually date my entries, but because I put them up on my website, uh, eventually like the first few I hadn't made a website but after that the website itself because it was a blog based platform that I used wix.com they dated the entries for me which was great but I had to estimate the other ones I recommend dating it because when you do look back you can really see so that journey so I recommend dating them working out and we've talked to this whether you want it to be private or public you might start off private and then you might choose to publicize it totally up to you. I think this is a really important point to make as well is to personalize your journey, uh, your journey, <laughs> your journal. So if you, if you have got like a book that you're writing in, manually writing in, personalize it. It might, the, the cover, uh, I remember when I went to school and you know personalizing the covers of my notebooks. I know that might seem a bit childlike, but 
it's playful and it, it personalizes it to you and makes it something that you want to engage in. So like my website is very personal, you know, it's got my my stamp in terms of the colors and the, the fonts uh, style and, and the pictures I choose to put with my blog. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's personalized. So be sure to do that. I encourage that. Just the last couple of things that I want to mention here about the process of journaling is, you know, the use of web tools and whether you choose to do that, but something to consider that you might want to make your blog, you know, short TikTok videos, you know, and that's totally up to you. I know people who have done that. Uh, but the last point is there's really no right or way, wrong way to journal. Let your imagination run wild, experiment, try different things out. You might come across the next type of journaling you know through your own experience so just yeah let yourself be your guide and let your experience be your helper with where that goes now just a you know i think some of these things might have been covered in precautions but the last thing i want to share to help with your journaling process if you decide to take it this you know, actually try it out is just some of the barriers you might come up against. One is about having the time. Now, if you're suffering from burnout or think you are or have and feel you're sliding back in or, or you're working with someone who's dealing with burnout, they're already feeling very much tapped out of time. Uh, so this is going to be, and often is the number one barrier for people engaging in any new behavior even if it's something they're really wanting to do. So this is a really important one to explore with yourself. So I was quite privileged when I started out journaling because I wasn't working. I wasn't privileged. <laughs> well, I suppose I was privileged in not working, but my health was so bad I couldn't work. Although I really needed to money-wise, but we were, I was privileged in the sense of we were able to stay afloat. Uh, without me working so I didn't have to go back to work so I had the time to to devote to this but if you're con you're out there still having to work and, and and all the other roles you have I know time is going to be hard to carve out but this is where setting uh, a realistic goal like it might be that you because of all your other priorities that it might be that you can commit to half an hour or 20 minutes a week, you know, and this is going to take some shuffling of your life and prioritizing your care, setting a goal that is achievable, considering everything you've got going on, because in time, this will help facilitate your life as well. Uh, so the adjustment period will, will be hard, but once you're into it, it'll, it'll be better. Motivation is another one. I remember some days I just didn't feel like it. I didn't want to do it. And at these times I would just check in with myself why this was like, what's going on there? Why am I not feeling motivated? Not in a judgmental sense, just exploring, being curious. Sometimes I was legitimately needing to choose not to because journaling does take energy. Any behavior does, even if it's good for us. And I, I worked out in those times when I really needed not to, as often I needed to prioritize rest uh, or doing other things. Sometimes I was just needing to have some fun and not be introspective for that moment. So yeah, checking in with why you're not feeling motivated, just gently, kindly exploring, being curious. But sometimes I was just really avoiding the discomfort of facing my feelings and thoughts. And these times, is where I would gently encourage myself to do it anyway. And to usually I did something to help regulate me, help motivate me or help me feel comforted in that process. Like it might've been making a cup of tea or it might've been finding my comfy spot on the couch and uh, curling up with my cup of tea and my laptop in front of me. And then usually Hannah, my dog beside me. So yeah, having some creature comforts there can help with making that step in when that motivation is low because we're avoiding discomfort. Another barrier that's noted in the uh, literature is feeling exposed, feeling anxious and unsafe with writing about our inner experiences, especially if we are sharing them with others. 
But even if we're, our journal is private, confronting them ourselves can be very, very scary. This is why having therapy and with a trained professional is a really important uh, thing to have in addition to your journaling. So um, you can help process and, and be able to explore these feelings that are hard for you to confront. Anyway, that, you know, feeling exposed is definitely um, something that to pay attention to and what is suggested, and I would, you know, certainly concur is to, you know, certainly pair your journaling with taking with things that help you feel safe and comforted, comforted, comforted while doing it. The other thing, and this one was the case for me too, confidence in writing ability. If we're writing for our journal, I lacked tremendous amounts of confidence in writing. And uh, I think I talked about it in one of my blogs, but anyway, so I had to, especially when I published it, it wasn't an issue when I was just writing on my own. You know, my critic about my writing ability would come up, but because I wasn't exposed, no one was reading it, it, it didn't bother me. But once it was published, there was that fear that people are going to read this and go, oh my God, she sucks at writing. <laughs> well, instead, I mean, no one ever really commented on that, but I remember asking my partner just what he thought about my writing because he read a few and he goes, you, he goes, you have this really nice conversational tone when you write. And that's actually a lot of feedback that I've gotten. And I've really owned that. I, I like that about my writing. So anyway, confidence in writing ability can be a bit of a barrier, but what I'd really encourage there is just give it a go anyway. Um, your writing might not be as bad as you think. And if you're writing for yourself, who gives a shit? Like, or even if you are publishing it, who cares? I know that's easier said than done, but like if you have that fear around you, your ability to write, just do it anyway, because the message is going to be there. The message is that if you're choosing to publish it, to make it public, because you want to help other people, that they'll hear your message, you know, uh, you know, through that. And, and those people who are going to receive your work, you know, they're not going to uh, judge your writing. They may want to help you, which is great, but, um, yeah, basically I'm saying, give it a go. I don't have all the solutions, but give it a go. Or you might choose to use other mediums, you know, but your writing might not be as bad as you think. And there are ways to improve anyway. I use Grammarly.com now, which helps polish up my writing a little bit, which is just, I, that was my choice, not for other people, but I wanted to improve my writing skills. So I adopted a service that helps me with that. So anyway, and the last one is technical ability. If you are using any technology with doing your journaling, whatever that technology might be, that might be a barrier for you if you're not used to using those programs or those platforms. You know, so things I've had to learn is uh, with developing my own website that I published that blog on. So learning how to do that and, and what services can help with that. And you know, now that I do a video log and I have a YouTube channel for that, having to work out how to use YouTube. So there's a lot of help out there. So I find if you just Google your questions, you'll end up with a video or someone walking you through those things or just asking a friend. It's amazing what skills people have out there. But last but not least that I wanted to share with you today is a resource that can help you with your practice. And this resource is a service that I am going to provide which my next step with uh, burnout psychology services so my first step was starting a burnout support group for people experiencing burnout uh, which started in uh, November with the first group and it will continue on monthly so you can check that out at the website but this next psychology services is my burnout workshops burnout support workshops which i am starting with a focus on journaling so i will be i'm in the midst of developing it uh, the journal workshop and i will be re releasing details on that workshop up on my website and the idea with this workshop is getting it's going to be a small group uh, no more than 10 people 
where you'll get the opportunity to develop your practice amongst your peers and a trained professional, me, to help guide your personalized practice. So really coming up with one. Uh, and if you're already doing one, helping develop that and strengthen that practice. So there'll be a lot of hands-on work and exercises to really personalize it. And this is why I did this episode as well, that I wanted to give a background and sort of a platform and an overview of journaling. And then this workshop where you'll get that hands-on, personalized, tailored experience and doing so with a group of people who are wanting to do the same thing. So yeah, basically, if you're interested, what I'd recommend you to do is just email me. Uh, so my email is a different kind of gap year uh, at outlook.com so a different kind of gap year at outlook.com i'll put that in the blurb for the podcast so you'll find that in the website link there as well so just let me know via email that you're interested and would like to be on the mailing list for when that becomes available which i'm hoping to make it available as soon as possible just with it being the christmas period and new year i know everyone is quite busy so most likely I will release it in January. But yeah, that is it from me today. I do hope that this overview of journaling and and my providing what I've learned from the literature, but also incorporating my experience of it from a personal perspective, but also professionally as well, has been enlightening for you around this technique. Uh, feel free to let me know your thoughts. Uh, but I look forward to delivering uh, the next podcast to you. So, yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to this episode of Burnout, A Different Kind of Gap Year podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please like or comment to let me know. Also, share so others can benefit too. To keep up to date when new episodes are released, Follow us on your favorite podcast provider or subscribe at www.adifferentkindofgapyear.com. If you'd like to share your burnout to recover experience or you are an expert working in the field of burnout and would like to share your work on the podcast, please email me at adifferentkindofgapyear at outlook.com. The views, opinions, tips and the like expressed in this podcast by myself or my guests are not a replacement for personalised therapy. Just like I've done for myself, I encourage those of you who are suffering to seek professional help.